0: Welcome to the Get Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Liz McGavro, and I'm obsessed with all things writing, creativity, and telling your stories in your authentic voice, because I believe a good story can change the world. Ever since I was a little girl with my nose in a book, I dreamed of being an author. I wanted to see my books in bookstores everywhere. I wanted to talk about books. I wanted to soak up everything about the craft. My celebrity crushes were mostly authors. And I could feel in my bones that the writer's life was my destiny. Fast forward to today. Along with my alter ego Kate Conti, I'm an Agatha Award-nominated best-selling author with three mystery series. But it wasn't all smooth sailing along the way. I experienced many setbacks, crushing self-doubt, a lot of career detours, and I even lost my voice a few times when I let the world get in my way. Until I learned that writing was so much more than just a skill set you learned and developed over time. It's also an inside job that flourishes when you heal all the wounds that are stifling your creativity, which is no easy task. So if you're a writer of any kind, or if you've always wanted to write but aren't sure where to start, this is the place for you, my friend. We're going to talk about all things writing process, craft, strategies to help you get writing and stay writing, the daunting world of agents, editors, and publishing. And because I'm using my authentic voice, I'm gonna throw in a little woo-woo for you too. So let's get writing, shall we? Host Liz McGavro, and I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for coming back. I know we're all readers here. That's pretty much a given. We all have books in every format, and I know we all have different preferences about how we're taking in those books. One of my favorite ways to listen to a book or read a book these days is through audio, through listening, especially if the book is read really well. For me, it adds a whole new layer of connection to the story. I've always said that it takes real acting talent to bring a book to life through voice. And I hesitate to say yes to anyone who asks me to read from my own books at an event or on a podcast or a radio show, because I know I just don't have that talent. But when someone does, it makes the book totally come alive. My guest today understands that all too well. She's made a career out of helping indie authors get their books on audio. She started her own company to do this. She also narrates books herself, along with choosing... Narrators to fit every style of book. So, here's a bit more about her Becky Parker Geist is the founder and CEO of Pro Audio Voices, a Portland based company serving clients internationally. It's the go to place for exceptional audiobook production and marketing. She's also the producer of the Amplify app, available for both iPhone and Android, that offers the highest royalties and most control to authors of audiobooks of any platform in the industry. Becky's also a writer. She just does it all. Her debut novel, The Left Turn, the first in the split universe series, explores self-discovery and discoveries in new science through contemporary metaphysical fiction in the context of parallel universes. Oh my gosh, we talked about this and it's really fun. Um, So we'll definitely put the link to buy this book in the show notes, but it sounds really cool. It's that whole sliding doors concept of what if your life took a different turn? Love it. So we had a great conversation on audiobooks, how to get started getting your books into audio, what to look for in a partner company, audiobook trends, and much more. And of course, we talked writing. So I hope you love meeting her. She's just lovely and she really wants to help authors. So let's get to our conversation. Hey, Becky, welcome to the podcast. Thanks
1: so much. Glad to be here.
0: Nice to have you. So tell us a little about yourself and about Pro Audio Voices and how you got started.
1: Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I I wear a few different hats, although they're all related. I'm, I am CEO of Pro Audio Voices. We do audiobook uh, production, distribution, and marketing. I'm also president of Bay Area Independent Publishers Association, and uh, I've been doing that for about 10 years. And i um, and then and, and I'm also an author, so and and an audiobook narrator. So they all kind of you know pretty tightly relate to each other. And how I got started in the audiobook world is um, I I got my MFA in acting, and uh, this is back in '81. Um, and one of my first jobs out of grad school was doing talking books for the blind, and I fell in love with it. It was. Right up my alley. And one of the things that I always especially loved about it was i f- I feel like, and I, I still feel this, you know, it's I feel like I get to um, uh, I get to play with time and space in a way in that, you know, when I'm recording something and i'm I'm uh, acting, I'm performing, you know, for the microphone, not really for the microphone, but for my listener. You know, and then in some other time in space, someone else is going to hear it and receive it in that way. So I feel like we, I kind of get to play with the space-time continuum in that way, which is really fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I have such a passion for audiobooks and storytelling and theater and the ways in which we can share our stories of all kinds. Fiction, nonfiction, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: That's very cool. So you're, first of all, you're like a one-stop shop for all things creative. So we could talk about, you know, a hundred different things here, here today on the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I love it. <laughs> um, and I, I just have to say, so I know that you and I talked about this a little bit before we got, before we actually hit record. Um, but, I think I was telling you that I get asked often, and, and I think a lot of writers do, to read, right? To, to read from their books yeah. at certain events and, and what have you. And what you just said totally proved the point that I've been trying to make whenever I turn down a request like that. You have an MFA in acting. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, like, it's not just as simple as opening the book and reading it like you would read a bedtime story to your
1: kid, right? It's It's so That's much right. more yeah. than
0: that. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because over the last couple of weeks I've been reaching out to a lot of narrators and just wanting to connect with them. And one of the things that I hear very, very frequently from the narrators is that they have spent years engaged in the training of voice performance, you know, specifically for audiobooks. And I love hearing that because I know that they are putting in that that time to really develop themselves as a performer in in audio books specifically and yeah so when you're reading uh there are many many skills that are involved just as when we're writing you know though that's a whole other set of skills developing character in written form right um being able to uh, write believable dialogue, uh, follow a, an interesting or create an interesting plot line, subplots. There's so many ways in which we develop our writing craft. Well, if you think about uh, that, then it's maybe easier to understand how for a performance of an audiobook that there is another whole different, set of skills we're developing character for example from the inside out so what does it feel like emotionally for this character in this moment and how do i express that in the context of this format and and the reason i put that sort of tailored end in it is that if i was performing a character on stage for an audience in a live space that is kind of one style of performance. But if I did that exact same thing behind a microphone, it would sound terrible, mm. you know. <laughs> and I have, um, I, for example, I've had authors that I've worked with who want to record their own audiobooks who are trainers. They're used to being on a stage and training people and, and thousands of people in the room. Put them in front of a microphone and they have a really hard time with that because mm. it's, it's just really different. So there are a lot of skills that we develop, and in also, you know, it's it's everything from, uh, you know, the phrasing to the, you know, the development and the consistency of character to, um, to being able to do this long form. You know, we spend hours in a day recording. We have to know how to protect our voice, make sure it sounds consistent. You know, there's so many things. Mm. Yeah. So, it's
0: it's wild. Right. Yeah. 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 So what so do you when you you came out of school with an MFA, did you go right into narrating audiobooks or did you do other things first? And how did you like hone that skill?
1: Yeah. So I, I did go straight into audiobook narration, and that was talking books for the blind. And at the time, Back in 81, it wasn't a time when it was easy to have a home studio. You know, the, the technology, the cost of doing mm-hmm. such a thing was just prohibitive. And uh, I was also continued to do theater because that's what I was trained in. Um, that's what I'm passionate about also, you know. And so I, I continued on performing on stage. And the development of performance skills and of, of just acting skills overall, it all helps in the storytelling that happens then in recording. Well, for me, I went from, uh, that was in Kentucky where I was living at the time, and then I had a baby and we moved to California. Well, suddenly I didn't have a studio to work in anymore and there wasn't a studio for Library of Congress uh, readily available in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I actually put that on hold for a while and then when I when my third child, my my third daughter started a voiceover class, mm. I was like, "Wait a minute, I put that on hold. It's time to get back into that." yeah, And so that's exactly what I did I and I did some commercial work for a while. I had an agent and everything. but then what I really loved was the storytelling, the uh, you know the audiobooks. And so uh, I got back into and and started, Developing my own uh, my own network of authors, which led me to Bay Area Independent Publishers Association, and uh, really just dove right back in to uh, audiobooks. Yeah,
0: that's very cool. So then, what made you decide to start? Like, did you always know you were going to start your own firm, or?
1: Well, I was a solopreneur for a really long time, uh, you know, wearing all the hats, doing all the things, and then. I, at a certain point my network was growing and i had i started to have authors saying well can do you have someone that could help me with a male voice for a narrator and i was like i wanted to be able to say yes hmm. you know so i started to develop the network in that way and and that was really i think the spark that led me to want to expand it in a bigger way i just really wanted to be able to help more people yeah and I had to grow uh, the I had to grow a company in order to be able to help in a bigger way. Mm. So that's what I did, and it was really from about uh, I mean I started Pro Audio Voices uh, literally almost exactly ten years ago. We're just about to have our ten year anniversary of the start of the business, and uh, but w- we really started to expand in a big way sort of the end of two thousand seventeen. And that's when it, uh, yeah, we, and now we have hundreds of narrators all around the world and audio engineers and clients all around the world. And we've been able to do projects in multiple languages, you know, um, all different kinds of things. Uh, we do full cast productions. Those are some of my favorites because I, I get to bring my theater production experience right into the whole process. Wow.
0: Congratulations on your 10 year anniversary. That's amazing.
1: It's a very cool story. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love it.
0: So uh, I have so many questions. Um, So first of all, how do you, what do you look for in your in the narrators that you're bringing in?
1: Well, very much the same thing that we were just talking about in terms of that acting skill, being able to really fully step into the shoes of the author, if you will, or the, the characters for a fiction piece. Um, So that's the most important thing. Uh, There is, of course, they need to have uh, an audio setup that is going to provide good quality audio, because that's really critical in the industry as well. Um, But that is also something that we can help them get better at, you know, help them understand what equipment they need and such. But we're really looking for people who are really good at communicating stories. Hmm. Yeah. So do you work
0: solely with independent authors, or do you also work with publishing companies at all? Like, what's your model?
1: Yeah, we work primarily with indie authors. Um, We do have also some small publishers that we work with. You know, I love working with indie authors. I -hmm. feel like there's—and it's with the small publishers that we work with, they're all in that same realm. They're, you know, they really— are passionate about their work that they're doing, the messages that they want to get out into the world, you know, the stories that they have to share. Those are so important to them and they care so much. And I love being with them in that place because I also care so much about being able to have a positive impact in the world.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I, I think about, like, when I think about story, I think we experience our lives as story. You know, that we if, you, if someone says, Well, so who are you? We immediately start creating this story in our head, you know, mm. we, we live in a narrative. And and so I think that when we're when we're creating audiobooks and developing these narratives in voice, and it's a very intimate experience, you know, and it's usually people are listening through headphones or earbuds. So it's like we're right in their heads. Yeah. Right. That the telling of those stories really changes the way that we think about things, the way we feel about things, our understanding of the world or the possibilities of the world. And even when we, you know, we're thinking, even if we're in fantasy, for example, you know, or something that's yeah, completely way out sci-fi, still, it's we're still talking about feelings and things that we relate to because... The authors themselves are human beings that we're relating to through their ideas and their concepts. So it all comes back into playing out and and uh, impacting how we feel about life. That's an important thing, and I I, uh, authors are so critical, so important in this process. For sure.
0: And I think, you know, a good audiobook you know, I, I love reading books, but I also love listening to books. And I I don't know, it kinda like my my mood kinda changes when I listen to a book versus read it. And I've started to make a lot of decisions when I'm buying books these days, like do I want to read this or do I want to listen to it you Mm -hmm. know and I think a good Mm -hmm. audiobook can make or break a book frankly if you're you know if you're not reading the paper copy as well Um, I listened to one book that I think I would have liked it if I had read it but the voices were just wrong and the Mm -hmm. accents were Mm -hmm. it just took me totally out of the story and I almost couldn't concentrate on it but yet I just listened to a a nonfiction book narrated by the author I, I will shout him out Tyler Merritt love the way he did the book like he just he kind of made it he totally went off script he was making it like a conversation and by the time I was done I felt like I had a new friend you know and now I'm like okay whatever else I you know whatever else he does I want to listen to because I feel like I want to hang out with that guy again (laughs) right yeah that's great yeah it's definitely it can make you feel differently about the book which in turn can make you feel differently about what they're trying to say
1: yeah and I've had that experience as well you know where I I've like I remember this one in particular where I was uh, I had listened to an audiobook by this author, a pretty well known author, and I um I really enjoyed it. And so I went and found another one of her audiobooks. And I started listening to that. And I was like, Oh, I can't even hear the story. Mm. The narrator was not helping me. They were in the way of yeah. the story. And I I just couldn't listen to the rest of it. Yeah. I, I well. I went off to listen to a different author, so it's really important um, to choose well. And I think that, you know, I, I say that, and I, and I just want to let authors know: if you're facing, you know, if you're trying to figure out, well, how do I choose well? Yep. Get the help of somebody who knows how to do that, because we've also had the experience uh, at Pro Audio Voices. Where authors have come to us, where they've already picked their narrator from some other place, or maybe it's a family member or friend or something, and they're like, "Oh, I really want this person to do my audiobook," and it almost one hundred percent turns out to be kind of a a disaster in that we end up having to recast, Mm. and not because of any um, really, just because the 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 process of casting has its own set of skills. You know, we know what to listen for. Uh, we know uh, what are those key things that we need to make sure that the narrator has in place before we say yes to them. So, so, so I, you know, it, it's like with many things. You know, if you if it's not a skill that you've already developed, get the help of somebody that has that skill. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I don't know that. a lot I mean, we've I've, I talk about self publishing a lot on this. I've had a lot of of guests who self publish and who have done alternative publishing, and um, I think it's. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's you know probably a newer thing for a lot of self published authors to really have to think about doing their own audiobooks as well. Right. So right. how, what, what, did, what does an author have to think about like, aside from what you just said, like, how would they, how do they go about kind of starting this process and knowing that they're finding, cause I'm sure also that a lot of firms are popping up, you, you know, offering the service that maybe aren't as qualified. Right. So
1: how did, how do people figure it out? Uh-huh. Just like, how do they
0: pick the right publisher if they're going
1: with a small press? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, one of the first things you need to um, just make sure, if you are working with a publisher, just make sure that you've got your audio rights. So, that's step number one. But then I would say, um, you know, reach out to audiobook producers and look for somebody that has a track record. They already, you know, have some, have been doing it for a while because one of the things, and I'll say this, you know, early on, our, we hadn't figured out all of our processes in such a way that, you know, so there were things that were like, wow, that we felt like we kind of stumbled through that aspect of it. You know, maybe it was about communication process or whatever. Not to say that the quality of the audiobooks were poor. They weren't. But the process itself was sort of a bit of a bit stumbly early on. And And now, you know, 10 years into it, I'm, you know, we just have this really clear process uh, for each type of audiobook and and everything. So uh, like at Pro Audio Voices, you can just schedule a call with us. It's a free call. You know, we'll help you uh, sort through your questions. And if we're, you know, if we're not the right fit, that's fine. You know, we're looking to work with people that where it does feel like we're in alignment we're a good fit for each other because we always want people to have the best possible experience. And, you know, we're not going to be the perfect fit for everyone, right? But um, one of the things that can benefit you from meeting with us at first, at least, uh, I'll just say this, is that we can also help you understand what questions to ask other producers. Uh, And I'll, I'll just call out one as an example. Most audiobook producers will will give you a price that is a, a guess, and it's a per finished hour rate. That's very common. Uh, you know, it's probably 95% or more of the industry is doing per finished hour. Now, what that means is that no matter how long it takes to, uh, how many studio hours it takes to actually create an hour of audio, that they only calculate the finished length, so when you're you, the the whole process is done and your book is ten hours long, that that's what you get charged: ten hours times whatever that rate was that you were quoted. The challenge: there are two challenges. One is that the estimates are notoriously low, and there are reasons for that. They just usually have a, a generalized uh per uh, like reading pace that they gauge on, even though that's in the middle of a range, a wide range. Uh, and the second is that, let's um, uh, see, I almost lost lost track of my thought for a moment. Um, so, the, oh, yeah. So the other risk is that the project can very easily suddenly cost more because If a narrator just slows down a little bit, which is good for them because they're more likely to go through with fewer stumbles in their recording process. Um, But whether it's intentional or not, if they slow down, suddenly they're getting paid more and the author is paying more. And so you can get hit with this surprise. right. Uh, when we realized, uh, we, we used to do per finished hour, and then we saw this happen a couple of times. And um, we thought, wow, this this is not good for our clients. We need to find a better way. And so we did. Uh, and now we, we offer project costs. So we figure out what exactly, you know, all the, the scope is and the narrator pace is and all of that. And then we can let authors know what, it's gonna cost in full at the very beginning. So you wanna find out if you're out talking with another producer, kinda of what's the cost basis? And then how are they how are they calculating that? Um, because that's you know, that's a risky thing.
0: Yeah. No, that's a really yeah. good point. Um, and definitely people I'm sure I'm sure there are people who maybe aren't as honest up front as they could be, right? About about the yeah. cost, and then that's too bad. So Yeah. Yeah. So, do you see? I mean, I feel like audiobooks have kind of exploded over the past, you know, few years, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming that's that trend is going to continue. How do you see the trend going forward for audiobooks? What do you see happening?
1: Yeah, I don't. I I think it's just going to continue on. We've had over a decade of double digit growth, and there's nothing that is indicating that slowing down at all. If anything, it's speeding up. Uh, I, I think that really. We had also, I think the pandemic did have an impact in many ways. You know, I think about, for example, we need, we ended up spending a lot more time on screens, you know, and our eyes, our eyes need a rest. Yeah. They can't be on screens all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really great to be able to close your eyes and be entertained. It doesn't have to be. Watching a movie, you know, you can do it anywhere. You can go out to a park, you can be at home, you can be in the car, it doesn't matter. So it gives, it, it, audiobooks give us a lot of flexibility and um, and that really appeals to people. And then many people, you know, like to multitask while they're listening. So they might be doing the dishes or, you know, gardening or whatever they want to be doing. And And that allows us to then take in more books. So it's, uh, yeah, because you, you can only spend so much time letting your eyes scan text. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's totally how I justify like getting more reading time in. Right. Cause I'm like, well, I yeah. have to walk the dog anyway. So I may as well listen to the book while I'm, while <laughs> I'm walking the dogs or, you know, cooking dinner yeah. or what have you. And I would feel yeah. guilty if I was like, no, I'm just going to sit on the couch and read my book. Which is not right. I I shouldn't feel guilty anyway, but I'm just saying that's how my brain is wired. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And, you know, I just uh, one thing also for parents out there, you know, for for audiobooks for kids, I've uh, talked with a lot of uh, both children's authors and also educators and uh, audiobooks for kids are really great. There are additional benefits for them as they're learning reading fluency mm. audiobooks are really great way to help kids with that fluency in addition to being a no screen time yeah entertainment you know yeah awesome for the car <laughs> totally yeah
0: so do you Does pro audio voices have a favorite type of book you produce like do you produce
1: all kinds of of books we do all kinds of books. I do personally have some favorites. Oh, so, I do tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my favorite kind of audiobook is a full cast one. Mm. Uh, the biggest one we've done so far is 32 voices. Wow. Uh, narrators around the world. It was a like an 11 and a half hour project when it was finished. And uh, so I got to direct those sessions. I got to be some of the voices. And that was... That and then we had original music that was crafted specifically for this audio book. Sound effects—it was really, really fun.
0: Wow! So
1: I love that kind of project. And um, we also had—we've um, done a couple recently. One is a uh, oh, fight or flight. Uh, so that first one I mentioned is called Quantum. The trilogy begins uh, by Dean cervienti And then uh, recently we did. Um, uh, Joseph Durrett's book, uh, Fight or Flight, A South Side Story, which is very West Side Story-ish, but without the music, uh, musical aspect to it, has that kind of vibe. And another really fun one by Carol Hansen, CJ Thomas is her pen name, um, and she, her Top Notch Dogs, oh. which she has also uh, made, we helping her make into a podcast as well, oh, Cool, which is a whole other really fun thing. But in hers the characters some of the characters are dogs and so they and it's a young adult book really really fun so that's that's my favorite and I think that my second favorite because I love doing the music and sound effects Mm -hmm. so much my second favorite is kids books yeah because I love you know crafting what that soundscape is going to be for them yeah yeah that's cool Okay, so those are your favorite to produce. What about narrate? Is it the
0: same or are there different books that you wish you could narrate?
1: Um, I, as a narrator, you know, I do a fair amount of nonfiction. Um, Often it's uh, things that are more in like either the memoir or the spiritual or, you know, sort of that realm. Um I love magical realism. That's kind of the realm that I also write in mm-hmm. and so that that sort of feels like a home for me in many ways. Yeah. Um but I I do also really love doing fiction and and it, all kinds of fiction because mm-hmm. I love doing the characters. I like getting into the into the shoes and the the theatrical kind of performance of that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, there's not a lot that I could say that I don't enjoy. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty uh, pretty passionate about the whole audiobook performance yeah. and and all the rest of it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So what's the book that you know was you know produced elsewhere and you wish you could have done? Is there one that's like the
1: book that got away? Oh, you know, I, I don't think that I've. I I don't think that I have any that I would define in that way just because we get to work on, you know, for the authors that, that do come to us, you know, if they, if they come to us and then they don't end up working with us, you know, it's because for some reason we're not in alignment, you know, we're Mm -hmm. just not a great fit for each other. Totally fine. Um, But the ones that, that are well aligned with us and, and the impact that we're trying to help our authors have. Uh, I just I feel honored to be part of their collaborative team because uh, it's it is very much in my perspective and the way that we run our company, it's very much a collaboration. you know we like having it, and I, I, I'll interrupt myself, but I think this is also something that's very different. So with many times when you're getting your audiobook produced, and this is something that authors can ask producers is, well, how much do I get to be part of the process? In many companies, because it's easier, it's way easier to just say, okay, we've got your manuscript. We'll get back to you when it's done. Hmm. And that works for some people. And for many authors, I think that's, that's hard because it's your baby and you want to help be, you want to be some part of the process. So I really um, encourage that kind of collaborative spirit and energy. And the way that we have set up our process includes things like a facilitated call with your narrator so that you can have that, you know, build that bond. We also really care about community. So we're building that bond. We're uh, giving the opportunity to to the narrator to ask questions, and to the author to express what's important to them about the story. And that is really a powerful thing. Um, So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, there's not really one kind of that got away. I think they they go where they need to go. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I love how
0: passionate you are about it. It's very cool. Um, thanks. Okay. So now I need to talk to you about writing because I love to talk to everyone about writing who writes. So I'm curious when you write, we're going to talk about what you write, but when you write now, because of your Mm -hmm. experience as an audiobook narrator, do you hear it? Do you hear it differently? Does it make you write differently? I guess is the question. Do you hear it in your head as you're writing and does it make you
1: think about it in a different way? Yeah, I think I do hear it as I'm writing it. Um, It's like when uh, I—so I've only written one uh, novel so far. That's the first what do you in the only? series.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, because <laughs> I'm <laughs>
1: Oh, I know. Sorry. Um, I, That's pretty good. I'm so focused on audiobooks. But yeah, I just released my first novel last year, and I, I've written a couple of nonfiction books about audiobook production, and I've written children's books. Um, and, and this, uh, the experience was really unexpected. Uh, for me, I've always loved writing from the time I was a little kid. I wrote my first book in like orange pencil in this little tiny notebook. I don't know, I was four or six or something. A Man Called Joe, I think was what it was called. <laughs> uh, wrote my first chapter book when I was in third grade. Uh, so I always had this this desire to be an author. But when it when the novel first started showing up in my head, it was like I was out on a bike ride, and suddenly this scene pops to this what if question, popped into my head, and this scene that wrote itself and wouldn't go away, as I until I wrote it down, that was the beginning of this book and the and the 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 premise, and I knew really early on from these scenes just sort of showing up, sort of popping into my into my head, uh, that. I knew where it began. I knew where it ended. And I I had a rough idea of the journey in between. But I would find myself writing down these scenes that came to me when I was in all different contexts and then eventually assembling it when I had an idea of, okay, I think think most of it's here. Now what's missing? Mm. (laughs) Cool. So what is your book? Tell us about it. It's called the Left Turn, Two Lives, Worlds Apart, and it's about self-discovery. It's very much about story, uh, as you know. I'm very passionate about story, and it's yeah. <laughs> it's about how, when we change our story, we change our lives, and it creates it. It's using parallel lives as a, or parallel universes as a a, a tool to set up a situation where that the characters get to, they don't think of it as an opportunity, uh, but as a very scary thing, to let go of their the baggage that they carry every day. And they start their lives in a different place or like a different part of their lives with a different history. Very disorienting and uh, a real challenge for them. But it gives them... a a kind of start that we don't get to have because we very much rely every day on this continuous story that we tell ourselves about what happened yesterday and the day before and last week. And you know, that is so much a part of our experience that it in some ways grounds us, but in other ways it holds us back from what what we think is possible for us. So this is exploring that self-discovery of like who we are, who we can be if we choose to change the story that we tell ourselves. And I don't say that as if it's an easy thing to do, but it's certainly an interesting thing to do and to explore. Mm, I love that. I've actually been thinking a lot about that
0: sliding door concept lately, right? Yes, of like, I, yeah, what if yeah, this yeah, had that. happened? You know, I could be in a completely mm-hmm. different place and it's kind of fun sometimes to think about that, but then you're right. You end up thinking, oh, well, but I never got there. And so I'm stuck here and this is, you know, where I am. Right. So I, right. I love that um, premise. That sounds very cool. Did it just mm-hmm. come to you or was this something that you've been noodling for a while?
1: Yeah. Well, it just came to me because I was Literally, I was on a bike ride with uh, my now ex-husband, and he was several blocks ahead. And I just had this thought, what if I just turned left?
0: Because
1: mm. I, you know, came up to this intersection. What if I just turned left? And, you know, the it, the bigger question that it truly was, was what if I turned left right out of my life? You know, because I, I had my, my stuff that it was challenging, all the, you know, between from the relationship to just you know the things that make life feel hard at that Mm -hmm. at at that point and that was what it was it was that thought that um really inspired the whole story
0: Mm. that's very cool i like that (laughs) are you working on more books are you is this another path that you're pursuing
1: yeah, so it's. Uh, I've created it as book one in the series of uh, the Split Universe series. Mm. And the idea is to explore lots of different ideas that I find really interesting. Um, some that we've talked about in the first book, but then in the second book, I want to explore some more things like our perceptions and experiences around death. And, you know, that. That plays into the first book, uh, but I'd like to explore it more deeply in the second book. And then uh, another thing is how do we, in, in terms of like our own self-discovery, self-development, you know, how do we do that in relationship with each other? Because in this, this first one, they start out in relationship and she splits off, and now they're not. So they're each on their own separate journey. Although they come very close to, you know, bumping into each other. Mm. <laughs> uh, and and so in the second one, I'm basically sending them the opposite direction on the railroad tracks of their different parallel lives. Mm. So it, it. I've started. I've started writing some scenes, um, but a part of me is a little bit hoping that those scenes will just start dropping into my head like they did for the per- first book. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's interesting because I was
0: just going to ask you what your process was, if you kind of, you know, sat down every day and, and worked, if you plotted, like how, yeah. how you do
1: it. Yeah. I sometimes think that, uh, I often think that I should do that, <laughs> but then there's this part of me that just really is hoping that other thing will happen. Yeah, And I've been so This has been a really, really exciting year for Pro Audio Voices um, because we've just launched uh, a new platform called Amplify Audiobooks. And I, I, so a lot of my time and energy and enthusiasm and passion is, is in that, you know, just helping get the word out about that. Uh, the app's just for Amplify Audiobooks, just went live in the App Store in July. So, and what, what, is really... it? what is it? Tell us about it. Yeah, it's uh, well, if so, one of the things that is true about the general distribution market for audiobooks and has been forever is that when you is that authors typically, so I'll just speak from the indie author experience. Indie authors usually do all the creative work and then they and then they uh, bear all the expense of having on an audiobook produced and then they take that audiobook and it's then out into the world and what happens they have no control over what it gets sold for what their royalty rate is they can't do promotionals they you know they can't set a, a promotional price they can't use discount codes. They have no idea who bought their audiobook. So they've basically given up all their control because that's the way that industry or the way the the, re- the model works. And I have always felt that that is so so wrong. So we we made a difference. So <laughs> it's it's a dream come true for me. It's something I've wanted for many years, and we've finally been able to offer it. And so it's a direct sale platform. It's kind of the Etsy of audiobooks, oh, cool. But it's a place yeah. where where authors can sell their audiobooks directly. They have complete control, set their own price, do promotional pricing if they want to, do discount codes, they have their own customer information so that they can build community with their following. Hmm. And and so they're and they're earning way, way, way more of each sale. When Audible, for example, Audible's the worst, so I usually use them as an example. I think if most people understood that when they buy a credit, let's say they're a subscriber on Audible, buy a credit and it's $15 a month, basically. Okay, if they understood how little of that $15 actually gets to the author, then they might think again about, well, is there a better way? Is there some other way to get the, you know, to have my purchase dollars actually make a better impact in the world, to have a more, uh, you know, yeah, a more, a powerful effect, right? To get to the creators. And that's what Amplify Audiobooks does. So uh, instead of them getting just this little tiny piece Of the sales price, they're gonna get they get 65% of the gross. Hmm. And that is so dramatically different. As to give you an idea, Audible pays 25% of the net. And that it gets pretty low. Hmm. And most of the others pay, it works out to about 35% of the net. Well, the net is way, way, way less than the gross. And it's also always bothered me that um, so often, especially indie authors who are out there trying to figure out how this indie author world works, you know, how to get your books published and everything, it's hard, it's complicated. And I don't like it when uh, the businesses in our industry make it, they state their numbers in a confusing way or in a way that where they know that the authors are going to assume that it's, you know, 35% of the gross that it sells for. It's just, that's our natural assumption. Yeah. And so then they find that when they actually see their royalties, it's so disappointing because it's of the net. But they don't really say that in a, in an obvious way. So it's I, I think it's misleading. We're all about transparency and helping authors succeed and and have the impact that they're trying to have because we need that. Our world needs that. We need all these voices, the brain trust, you know, yeah. out there and sharing their experience.
0: Yeah. So that that's actually a good point that we didn't touch on. So all right, we're pivoting away from writing and back to audiobooks. But
1: <laughs> but Sorry about that. Um,
0: <laughs> no, no, this is fascinating. So. So say an author comes to you, they get their book done, then you hand it back to them and send them off into the world. What do they do, to your point, aside from getting on your app? app.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. So technically, we don't just hand it back to them. We actually get it all the way out there. Okay. So we use a digital distributor that will help get it to all those broader channels, because I do think that's still important. You want to be showing up in all the places where your listeners might be. Yeah. And then... We also put them on Amplify audiobooks and then help them with tools so that they understand how to use it. We also have marketing programs, you know, that are all, they're all optional. Uh, We've really developed each one in response to clients that have said they need help in a certain area. And so, um, so then it's, uh, here's the thing is, if you're out there marketing your audiobook. And you're not on Amplify audiobooks, you know, which is most audiobooks, to be honest, <laughs> at this point, certainly. Um, then, really, then you're sending them to some platform, most likely Audible, and you're you're so you're putting out a lot of effort to get the word out because you you want to s- spread your message, and you're getting such a tiny return that it's very very hard to get a return on your investment overall both for the production and then even your marketing time. Whereas when you're on Amplify audiobooks and you're out there marketing and you can say, please buy my audiobook here. By the way, it's also available at your favorite retailer. You know, that's cool. But if you buy it here, then the authors can start to get a return on their investment and their time that they're spending with their marketing is worthwhile. So there's so much that they can do also because they know who bought their audiobook. so they can follow up with them. They can let them know when their next book comes out. Mm. You know, and if they have some other offering, you know, maybe they're a coach or something and they want to let them know. It's a win-win for the listeners and for the authors because that ongoing connection is something that, if I, as a listener, want some particular kind of benefit through or information through a nonfiction book, or I want some particular kind of story that helps me in, in with fiction, whether it's just entertainment, whatever, then I'm going to have more benefit if I can stay connected with that author. Yep. And the author is also going to have more benefit from having me staying connected with them. So it really is a win-win. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to really nourish. So it really is more of a community kind of app. Right. Very cool. I like that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome.
0: So, what's one final thought you would leave for for authors who are kind of on the fence of like should
1: I should I do an audiobook? Shouldn't I? Yeah. I would say that what you should know is if you choose not to do an audiobook, you are missing out on that very large and growing segment of the population that really only wants to listen to audiobooks they don't either have the time or the energy or the desire mm-hmm. to read them and uh so keep that in mind um because it can be a really great experience and i always hope that whatever your experience is with audiobooks is that it will be great, and we're trying to do our part to make that true in all the ways that we can.
0: I love that. Becky, tell everyone where they can find out more about you, about Pro Audio Voices, your book, all the
1: cool things that you're doing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so uh, proaudiovoices.com is our website, and that's uh, also, uh, if you're just looking... To go directly to listen to audiobooks. The simplest, most direct link is amplifyaudiobooks.com. My author website is Becky Parkergeist.com, but you can also find that through our Pro Audio Voices website. Excellent. And I'll put those
0: in the show notes so people can find them easily. Thank you so much for being here. This was so informative and and just interesting. And I just, again, love your passion for what we talked about. So thank you for everything you're doing for
1: Authors Everywhere. Oh, thank you. It's been a real great pleasure talking with you and, and being on your podcast. Thank you.
0: There you go, folks. Everything you wanted to know about audiobook production. I hope this conversation was insightful and that if you've been considering looking into getting your books on audio, that this is your sign to do it. It sounds awesome. I'd love to know what you thought of this episode. Send me a DM on Instagram at Liz McGavro and let me know or go over to kateconti.com and send a message through my website. I love your feedback. I'd love to know what you want to hear about, what's resonating with you, what's not. And I would really love it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it as a new pod. I mean, we're up to like 30 episodes now, but we're still new, but it would really mean the world to me to get this into more ears. So Thank you for your help with that, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.